they shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts feeling them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh nigh Welcome to A Conspiracy in the Force, the show where we examine parallel conspiracies in a galaxy far, far away, in a galaxy not so far away. The show is designed as an introduction to modern day conspiracy theories by using Star Wars, one of the most beloved fictional universes, as a point of reference. Let's begin. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another episode of Conspiracy in the Force. Um, my name is Conspiracy Kyle. Um, quick quick note real quick before we, we get started here. Um, to, with tomorrow being the, you know, unofficial Star Wars day with the, you know, May the 4th, the, 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 the stupid pun that, you know, will, will never go away. Um, I'm running a promotion on Amazon Kindle. You can get my book for free, 100% free. So, you go on Kindle, it'll show price of $0 all day tomorrow. So go check that out if anybody's interested and want to get the uh, Kindle version. And then I'll check my Instagram and Twitter tomorrow. I'll be running a promotion um, to send out some free audiobooks as well. So um, so without further ado, I want to introduce um, my, my really great guest, someone I've really been looking forward to talking to. For, for a little while now, I have uh, Emmanuel, Kingdom, uh, Emmanuel Kingman with me from the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing excellent, and I love that you're doing that promo tomorrow. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, just any, anything to, uh, you know, and, and kind of what we've been, what we'll be talking about here with, you know, getting, you know, talking about some conspiracy type stuff and getting people into the Bible. It's, you know, getting, um, using some Star Wars stuff to get people thinking about a lot of different things that go on in our world. Um, you know, I think uh, anything that leads people towards more more knowledge, um, especially what we're talking about with with the Bible, is you know always a, always a good thing. So, um, for, so for those who aren't familiar with you, um, let everybody know a little bit about about the about your podcast and, and what kind of work you do. All right, so I just I kind of do everything in the conspiracy community, the spirituality community, the healing community. Uh, the uh, doing your own uh, type of home farming, not ho homesteading, I guess you can say a little bit. I've, I've had some guests on to talk about different stuff like that. I don't, I'm not that far advanced into it yet. We just got a food forest from, uh, you know, Jim Gale, Food Forest Abundance. We just got ours installed last week. So it's amazing. It's a, a lot of work, but it is awesome. And uh, we are well on our way to being food independent, uh, you know, so definitely love doing all that type of stuff. Whatever anyone hits me up and has a good idea about, I'm like, let's do it. Or I go after specific things like uh, Tartaria. I, I've done a lot on that. Covered a lot of different angles 
with that aspect, covered a lot with the Bible. You know, I've, I've had Gary Wayne, L.A. Marzulli, and, and we cover different aspects like that. And, and I just like having a good time on my podcast and really just getting into my guests who they are and the work that they do. So I really just cover the gamut of everything. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll be getting into it a little bit later, but, and I'll put the link in the show notes to it, but you just, you just finished a really great series, um, you know, focusing a lot on, you know, the end times, the book of revelation specifically about, um, Christ and his millennial kingdom. So that you just finished that eight part series. So, uh, I, I finished watching it a few days ago. It's great. A lot of really thought provoking stuff we'll get into a little bit later. So I, I'll, like I said, I'll put the links to that in the show notes here. If anybody wants to go, check that out. I'm sure we won't be able to get into all of it because there's a lot of stuff to, uh, oh, yeah. to, to get into there, but, uh, it was really, re- really great stuff. And I really appreciate, you know, all, all the work you're doing. Um, so well, thank you for that. Ab- absolutely, man. Um, and so, yeah, so before we get into some of that, um, I want to talk a little bit about you in, in, in your history and a lot of the things that you've been through in your life, which have kind of brought you, you know, into your current, you know, relationship with, with Christ and how you're trying to share, you know, the biblical spirituality with people. Um, so, you know, I guess start, you know, wherever, wherever you think is, is the best place to start just about how, you know, how you used to be, I guess, versus now how you, how you are currently. Okay. So seven years ago, and it's interesting, May the 5th. So two, well, yeah, two days from today, well, I was in prison and I prayed seven years ago. I prayed my 90th day in prison, which was May the 5th, uh, 2015. And it was the first time I prayed in over a decade. I was a drug addict. I had burglarized pharmacies. I used to smoke cigarettes. I uh, was abusive mentally, verbally, emotionally. I was spiritually dead. I didn't believe there was God. You know, I wasn't atheist, but I didn't have any belief. I was just rebelling against everything I've ever been told because nothing ever felt right to me. I dealt with sexual trauma as a uh, young child, you know, I don't know exactly when it started, five, six, seven, something like that. Uh, and then I I had a lot of different things happen to me as an adult as well. My uh, daughter's mother, she got pregnant and stole all my money and was uh, using coke and heroin. And, uh, you know, she's still not doing well now. But uh, yeah, that was after we were together for six years, that, you know, I became an over-the-road truck driver. Well, about five years in, I became an over-the-road truck driver. And in that final year that we were together, that's the stuff that was going on that I didn't know. So there was a lot of different stuff happening. And I was just, I hated life. I didn't want to be here anymore. And I was in that prison cell seven years ago. And I prayed to God and I said, please, you know, I'm not built for this. What do you want me to do? And now here I am, and I I do coaching programs, uh, mentorship type programs, life coaching for people who are struggling in many different facets because I was overweight, because I had addictions and so many different mental uh, issues, emotional issues, physical issues, spiritual issues. Because I had all that, now I really can help anyone. I, God put me in those positions so that I can now relate to those people. So when I started waking up, it was from, first it was the weight loss. Uh, well, first it was freedom from drug addiction. I was free from uh, being an addict the day after I prayed. It was like this veil was taken off of me that was hanging over me. 
because that first 89 days, I just wanted to get high. I wanted to get bailed out and get high. And that 90th day, well, after that 90th day, when I prayed at night, uh, I didn't want to get high anymore. It was just not there for me. So that was just incredible. It was like, wow, something really changed. Well, so fast forward, I started exercising uh, towards the end of my prison sentence. And uh, then I did all the stuff I had to do. You know, I I got a job. It it was super difficult. I was washing dishes. I was actually taking a bus in Broad and Erie, North Philly, getting a bus there at three in the morning to go wash dishes. You know, it, it was crazy. I had to take trolleys, buses, trains to get to work from my halfway house. I had to have special permission to be out. I was in the hood of hoods. I mean, go to Broad and Erie at three in the morning in North Philly and see what it's like. Uh, you know, it's it's not pleasant. You're just sitting there waiting for the bus like anything can pop off. Uh, so it was just chaotic. It was crazy, but it was nothing ever happened to me because I just kept my eyes like, all right, you know, I'm here. I'm just waiting on the bus. I'm not starting no trouble. I'm not interacting with any of the stuff going on in my environment. I'm just here and nothing ever happened. So I was always protected by God. I just didn't, uh, didn't realize it. You know, it's not until you reflect that you really realize it. So going through that, uh, I then start to wake up spiritually. I start to meditate to relieve myself of all the anger that I had because I had so much pent up anger. Uh, I'm still letting go of different things. You know, uh, we have to face them in order to let them go. But it was meditation. And then I got into psychedelics and conspiracies all like right at the same time and spirituality. And I became super psychic all of a sudden. I could hear people's thoughts. I could tell people what they were thinking. And like, I knew exactly what they were thinking. I just had to tap into it. And it was like on multiple, multiple, multiple occasions, I would just do that that type of thing. And then Jesus saved me last year, and I don't have that. I'm not to the same degree that I did have it, you know, tapping into people's own thoughts and all, um, invading their space, so to speak. I don't have that ability anymore. Uh, but that's because that was a demonic spirit that was doing that, and it was an influential thing. So anyway, I've in this last year plus, I've really come to know Jesus on a very personal level. He has broken down why I've been in the things that I've been in. And he really breaks down the, uh, all the conspiracy theories. You know, I go deep in all the conspiracies. I'm very open-minded. I, I research things thoroughly. And then I really still don't come to a conclusion. I'm like, okay, well, that's possible. And then I research other things later on and then like things click into place and I'm like, okay, I can see that's possible, but I'm still not totally solid in it. And uh, so what Jesus has done is he's started connecting dots for me in that sense. And all the spirituality stuff that I learned uh, from podcasts, it may have helped me at one time, but most of it's garbage. And uh, he showed me the lies that, that, that were in it and the the selfish behaviors that are promoted and it's all new ageism and it's all, all these different things. It's white people doing Eastern mysticisms and having no clue what they're doing. And they don't know that these words and phrases that they use and frequencies that they actually mean something that the world is a frequency and the beings are frequencies. So when you say certain frequencies, when you are having certain frequencies come out of your speakers because you're listening to certain harmonics, 
then you are invoking certain spirits to come into you. And then that spiritual fornication or fornication, I'm sorry. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, they're, they're bringing light, they're bringing light. Well, I mean, that's really what Satan Lucifer is called, right? He's called the, the bringer of light, but it's a, uh, it, it's a false light. It's the, um, and you know, you, and, and we'll touch on it later when we talk more about revelation, but you know, one of the big things in revelation, it says people will become lovers of themselves okay. and becoming lovers of themselves means that, Hey, Everything I need is, is already within me. I have God. I am God. So when you're putting yourself up on that pedestal, you don't need anybody else. And when you, and when you hear us talk about these things about, well, you know, you, you need to have this relationship with Christ. You need this relationship with, with, with Jesus and, and with God. Um, people say, well, well, no, I already, I already have that because of this and because of these crystals and because of these other things that I have. They think that is all-encompassing, but really at the end of the day, it's not. Yeah, it's um, so I things can help you, and it just because it's there, it doesn't mean that it's necessarily evil. You know, right. there, like people can be using things for good the same way they can be using them for evil. But when you aren't doing it with Christ, you aren't testing the spirits that you are with, and that was the thing with me. Even when I was going through all of my spiritual stuff when I was super psychic and I was having etheric surgery, which is not something you can easily find people talking about. It's a very rare thing. And I was having it happen to me on a daily basis. I was having beings come to me and literally do surgery on my spirit body. And I could feel it on my physical body. But when it started, when they would come to me on a daily basis, every day I would say, if you aren't with Jesus Christ, you aren't welcome here. And Certain times they would leave. Certain times they would stay and be like, okay, you make us go through this every time. But the ones that would say to me, you know, you're making me do this every time. Well, they're staying because they're with Christ. They know the deal. Like that's the only way you get to stay. So uh, when people say you can rebuke anything in Jesus Christ's name, uh, not if you're saying if you're with Jesus, you know, like, yeah, you can say you can leave me in Jesus' name, but uh, if they're with Christ and they're sent here by him to help you, then they're not going to leave. They're no, I'm listening to the Father. You just, you know, do what you got to do, but I'm going to do what I got to do. Right. And, and the, yeah, and, and the the will of God is one of the most, you know, confusing things, I think, to a lot of people. And it's one thing that you never really can fully understand um, because, because like you said, like some people can think like, well, you know, I can pray about something and this can go away if I, if I pray this or that, or I can get this or get that, or this will go away, or this will come to me. It, it, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes he, he doesn't give you what you, what you want or what you think you need because there's a lesson that needs to be learned. Or sometimes he does give you blessings, um, in, in, in the hopes that you're, you know, thankful and can pass those blessings on to, to others. So mm-hmm. there, there, there's this, this concept out there that's like, you know, just pray for what you want. You, you, you're going to get it. You know, this law of abundance kind of thing. It's like, well, that it, it, it can, it can be true. Um, in, in, you know, in the right circumstances, if you're truly, if you're truly, be, you know, believing what you're saying, you're not just asking for something, um, because you, 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 you want to get, you, you want to get something. If you're truly being earnest and, and honest about what you're doing, um, good things will come your way. And he also allows you to, um, think about the, the environment and, and, and count your blessings in those situations as well. So there's just, um, 
a lot of different facets to this kind of stuff that um, can be um, can be overwhelming and you know confusing sometimes you know even to me as as, as someone who's who's believed in Christ for for many years but you know kind of similar to yourself you know I've only really I've really you know come back around quite recently you know just um, because of everything that's going on in the world be, because you know I'm I, I don't want to you know squander any more of my life you know just living for myself and you know I've had a lot of really great people ministering to me people I've never would have thought you know five ten years ago ministering to me try um helping me out you know grow more uh in my faith which I think is um you know uh super super important so yeah well I love that you have I've been seeing you post a lot of different stuff that uh I relate to that uh, I can see that uh, the Christ in you and you're seeking him out and, and all that. So, you know, big ups to you for that. And what you were saying with the uh, the prayers, uh, our prayers are typically answered. Like most of the time, probably like 90% of the time they're answered. They're just coming ways we don't expect. Right. And it's what we need is what we get, not what we want, because it's our value system. Like when you're saying our wants like if my value value system is, oh, I'm the best and I need some money and I need some materials, well, then you're not going to get what you want. But when your value system is, I want to help others, I want to be a light for others, to I want you to use me to better this world, well, then guess what? You're going to get all those prayers answered because your value system aligns with the will of God and you're not worshiping yourself in the satanic, physical, carnal way of life and just so anybody knows because i didn't mention this i didn't have any concept of jesus christianity or god growing up i went to sunday school from the ages of like five to ten sunday school about half the year so i really didn't learn anything outside of jesus joseph and mary didn't even know that like mary magdalene was like uh his his age his companion his age where his mother was named Mary, you know, I just knew the names kind of, but not really. We didn't learn anything. So when Jesus saved me, it was because I was super psychic. I had, I met him in the psychedelic experiences twice. And he came to my clouds, which I have photographs of on my website, which you can see it's the depiction of him. First, it was just eyes with a cross over the, where the third eye would be, you know, right in the middle of the eyes. And then it became his face. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the same face that I've seen in my psychedelic trips. And so when I speak of Jesus, it isn't in a way of, you know, I'm indoctrinated into Christianity. It's rather that I met him and he has showed me the true meaning of life in so many different ways. And then he brought me to the Bible and he said, this is the basic instructions before leaving Earth. This is how you live your life, and this is the true history of humanity. You know, the Anunnaki story, or, or the Sumerian uh, history, that's the Anunnaki story. You want the human's version? Go to the Book of Enoch. That's going to tell you what you need to know, because you're a human. You're not an Anunnaki. You don't need to search out the Sumerian tablets, uh, and all those different types of things, like the Egyptian stuff. That was for the Ajiji. That's not for the humans. The humans, that's yeah. in the Bible. You know, there's, there is different parts, uh, different things that were here before in the Old Testament, which people get confused by. And I, I'm probably getting off topic here, but... <laughs> no, that's all right. 
the uh, the Old Testament, it wasn't humanity like it is today. It wasn't 8 billion humans. It wasn't 1 billion humans. It was like a few hundred million humans, and, or I don't even know if it's that many, but it was, it was a few hundred million other species that were here, serpent seeds of fallen angels, giants, dinosaurs, dragons, whatever you want to really call them, but they were these bird-headed man bodies, uh, goat-headed man bodies, all these different hybrids. These were all the things living on the earth, and they were called Nephilim, and they were destroying all the humans. So God sent the flood to kill all of them, and Noah and his family, even though 30-some civilizations know of the flood, Noah and his family were the only pure humans that were left. The others were hybrids or mixtures uh, of some sort. So, right. Uh, and you hear people, really and you hear people, that. yeah. And, and you hear a lot of people saying, you know, and, and I've been finding a lot as I've been, you know, been trying to, um, I just started reading through the Bible. I think, you know, for the first time in my life. So I'm, you know, partway through Je- um, Exodus now. And, you know, there's a lot of great footnotes in the, in the study Bible I have, you know, talking about the flood and about, you know, here, how there's that, you know, the ancient story about, you know, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh how that does mention um, a, a great flood. But, you know, one of the things people always try to knock on the Bible, they say, well, well, if the Bible was true, then why don't all these other civilizations that have all these ancient texts um, write about this kind of stuff? It's like, well, l- like you said, like they, they're they writing about their culture and, you know, their e- experience. And, you know, especially something like um, in, in Exodus where Moses brings the, brings the people out of, out of Egypt mm-hmm. and, you know, God basically just, you know, you know, wipes the wipes the map with 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 Egypt with the plagues and everything like that, and you know, but but you don't see a lot of that mentioning in, in you know ancient Egyptian texts. But then again, that's no different than than our history. You know, the 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 Egyptians aren't going to write negatively about things that you know uh, affected their their culture. They're they're not going to say like the Almighty God, not the one that we don't believe in. You know, it took us all out, right? Which, because then all the people are like, well, what about all these other 10, 15, 20 gods we worship? Are they null and void now? So, right. you know, there's, you got to think of that kind of stuff with, with a grain of salt. And people want to find every fragment of, 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 you know, stories to tie back to what, what the Bible is saying from, from other things. But it's not, it's not that simple. And, you know, and as we're going to talk about here, a lot of history has been manipulated, not just by our culture here, but by, you know, cultures all around, all around the world to, to, to keep some of that stuff hidden so so people have that doubt about what the truth is yeah absolutely i totally agree with that 100 percent. like the bible is from uh it's the line that was created directly from god god created adam and eve from the clay of the dirt and his breath and he made them amongst all these fallen angels and all these already existing children of the fallen angels and slaves and creations of the fallen angels. And in the middle of that, he made his own creation and they kept a very detailed uh, information history, passing it along uh, orally and then eventually writing it down. And this is all your biblical characters, Moses, Job, Abraham, Noah, uh, Enoch, Methuselah, Melchizedek, Jesus, David, all these biblical characters are humans. And all the other things aren't necessarily humans. There are some amongst them, but they are not all humans. And the quicker people understand that, the quicker 
they will understand that God has been protecting humanity the entire time, not protecting all of creation because humans are the stewards of the earth and he's been protecting us from all of the evil that was already existing here that we've been sent to clean up. Right, right. And, and like you said, he's been he's been protecting us th- this whole time and people think things are bad, you know, what you know, what's what what's to come? There's going to be a lot a lot more crazier things in the future. So, mm-hmm. um so let's let's talk about um, you know, what you talk about with this, you know, the millennial kingdom of Christ and then um the just I guess revelation in general, you know, I'm talking about, you know, psychedelic trips and things like that, you know, to the average layperson reading through the book of Revelation is is an acid trip. You know, it's a it's a it's a basic it's like a dream sequence that John experienced, you know, up in heaven seeing all these different signs and wonders and um you know, being revealed all these things. Um so, you know, e- even to me, re- you know, reading through it once or twice, it's it's very confusing and very difficult to to, to understand. So um, I guess uh, first off, before we get kind of too in depth, you know, um, h- how would you, um, for somebody reading through the, the book of Revelation, like what would be kind of your, your pointers and um, thoughts that you would have to try to make it um, make a little bit more sense to them? Is there other passages in the Bible that, that should be read in companion with with this because you know I, I know there's some references um throughout so i just kind of want to get your thoughts and um experience with that well that's a really good point and a really good question because a lot of people they will you know the book of revelation is probably the most popular book because people just want to read that end time stuff uh so i think daniel the book of daniel has a lot of prophecy that goes with uh the book of revelation also the book of enoch has a lot of things in there that uh, are very similar to the book of Revelation, you know, in their own right. They're they're different, just like the book of Daniel is different, but they are all there. And I do want to say for the psychedelics, you know, this isn't something I would do nowadays. This isn't something I promote now. I, I know that they can help and heal, but in the book of Enoch, it's called the cutting of roots, it, and ayahuasca and iboga are said to be created because... The plant spoke to those ancients and told them how to make it. No, it was the fallen angels couldn't be perceived with sight, but they could be heard and they spoke because word is vibration. So they spoke to these people and told them how to mix them. Once they did that, then they were able to see the fallen angels. So uh, it's a whole nother ballgame once you understand all that. But like you said, the book of Revelation, during one of my... uh, well, actually multiple uh, psychedelic experiences, but one of them specifically, uh, I've saw and encountered things from the book of Revelation that I didn't know were in there because I didn't read it yet. And I faced off the beast of Revelation, seven heads, 10 horns. It has the uh, claws of a bear, the mouth of a lion, the, uh, the spots of a leopard. I faced all of that. And you know what it is? It's a Chinese dragon. That is exactly what's being described there. And the Gnostics know him as Yaldabaoth, the god of this world, uh, whereas uh, you and I would probably call him Satan or Leviathan. Mm -hmm. And he's the god of the sea of quote-unquote space because space, you know, even though I know you're a big uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, space uh, guy, but it's, 
it's water. It's very thick, dark waters. It's the abyss, if you will. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there when you experience things in that way and then you read it somewhere and it becomes the most profound thing because you're like, well, I just saw that in this exact detail and now it's here in this book. And that's what started giving me credence was I was experiencing things in meditation and psychedelic trips in my own thoughts that would then coincide with the Bible. So uh, in order, what I would say about reading the book of Revelation is to read it, reread it, read the whole New Testament, then go through the Old Testament, then the New Testament and read Revelation again. You have to read it multiple times. It will speak to you in different ways as you have different understandings throughout the world. So it does it does take a lot of understanding, and I don't have the greatest of it, but uh, I have been reading it quite often lately. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and yeah, and you're that's a great point. Is that it's it, it's only one book. I mean, it's one of sixty six books in the in in the Bible. And it's in isolation. It, it it may not it may not tell you everything you need to know, but um, as a companion to all the rest of it, you'll see how all of it how all of it works together. I mean, there's mm-hmm. even you know mentions, like you said, mentions of there's you know mentions of of Moses and the line of Judah and all that stuff in Revelation. And you know you need to know you need to know the beginning as well. You need to go in the middle, beginning and end. If you just look at the end, you're going to be you're going to be confused. So, um, right. And yeah. you might want to know who the author is. You know, John uh, wrote it, right? Well, who's John? Well, the Gospel of John. Go check that out because that's a pretty trippy experience as well. You know, right away, starting off talking about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Whereas the rest of the Gospels are talking about Jesus's birth as a human. John isn't talking about that. John's talking about consciousness's birth before creation. And so he he's already, you know, it's seemingly he's on a psychedelic trip in the beginning of that, too. I mean, I don't know if it was psychedelics or if it was just God taking over him, because I've experienced both where uh, which we will get into with the Darth Vader stuff in a little bit. But God just taking over you and giving you f- images in your mind clear as a psychedelic trip. So could be one or the other, but he's definitely connected with God in a very big way. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about some of the some of the basic concepts. You know, it'll it'll it'll, it'll dovetail into the the idea of the millennial kingdom. Um, if you could break down, kind of, I know there's a few different, and I don't know all the the exact name names of. I know there's some different definitions and names, but you know, whenever people think of Revelation, they think of you know this this tribulation period. They think of you know this a thousand year reign of Christ. Then that you know there's the new heaven and new earth created, and then that's kind of it um i know there's lots of different theories about well about two things one there's the whole the the the, ra- the rapture idea which it, I, I don't really i'm not not really looking to to get in get into here that's not really um what i want to talk about here but there's the that period of tribulation that seven year period everybody talks about but then there's that a thousand year reign of christ that comes to an end um satan is loosed and then satan is defeated and then there's a new heaven and new earth so um, I want I want you to break down a little bit. Um, I know you you talked about it on I think probably the first or second of your eight part series. There's some different. What are some of the different theories that that you've you've seen about 
how people think these line up uh, chronologically, because there's a few different ideas about it. Okay, so uh, yeah, it was my first series. It's like, uh, or I mean, first part. It's like 15 minutes. If you really want to go in depth about it, I, you know, it has been a, a little while since I've done it all. But there's amillennialism, and there's uh, preterism is uh, what the two are generally uh, called, or, or postmillennialism. You know, th- there's the idea that preterism uh, means that the and I don't fall in any of these camps, by the way. So this is just one of those things that are provided to us as, you know, left or right, the blue or red. You know, it's a, one of those things to divide people. So preterism, they say that Christ, his reign happened as soon as he was crucified on the cross and he died and rose, that he's reigning over earth now and we're in the millennial kingdom now. And that is not something I believe. But the post-millennialism or the amillennialism, they believe that the uh, kingdom has yet to come, that the thousand-year reign of Christ hasn't come yet, and that we are waiting to be raptured out of here. There's going to be the seven-year tribulation. Maybe we're in it. Maybe it's about to begin. And and some people believe that you're going to be raptured before it begins. Some people believe it's going to happen halfway during it. Some people believe it's going to happen all the way after. Some people believe it's going to happen way after the seven-year tribulation. So there are many different aspects of that, and you can go down a, a rabbit trail of any one of these things to really go deep into maybe what you believe, any listeners out there, that this is the first time uh, they're hearing this. Because to me, I didn't know uh, about the thousand-year reign of Christ. I didn't know the short season of Satan until just maybe like eight months ago, nine months ago, when uh, someone first told me what this Tartaria stuff was. I I had on a bunch of different guests, and they're like, oh, yeah, did you ever hear of the Christ Millennial Kingdom? And I was like, no, what's that? And then I got invited to a couple Facebook groups. And it just blew my mind. These people were studied. They knew way more about Tartaria than any of the Tartaria people, more, more than Michelle Gibson, autodidactic, uh, Howdy McCoskey, more than any uh, of these big-time conspiracy theory people. And I love all those people. You know, That's who I learned a lot of this from. These Christians knew all of what they had to say and so much more that they had no idea about because they weren't looking at the Christian aspect of it. And it would just blew my mind and it made more sense to me than anything else. And actually it made so much sense to me that Jesus was like with me telling me that every other conspiracy branches off of this cover-up, that that is the cover-up, that the satanic forces that run the realm now were not here for a thousand years because we were in that time of uh, millennial kingdom and Satan would be bound for a thousand years. They don't want us to know they were bound for a thousand years. So they called it the dark ages. And then when they arose, they were loosened. It's called the enlightenment era, you know, Lucifer, the enlightener, the bringer of light, you know, the scientific discoveries is what they say. It's all about. And he told me, you know, Every single conspiracy stems off of that because before the Millennial Kingdom, they were larger than us. They were giants. They could just come by and steal your 
children. They could, you know, you would sacrifice to these physical beings that were physically here, but then they were removed and they come back and now they look like us. They look like humans. They live is a very real thing. So they have to do it in secret, but still be very open about it because they can't break our free will. So they have become very good magicians, but that's not how they had to do it before. They were just out in the open and just wrecking shop. Right. Yeah. So so let's talk a little bit more about this theory that you kind of present in your in your series about, um, you know, could the could the millennial kingdom have happened? you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Um, let's talk about, about s- some of that stuff, you know, because like you mentioned with, with Tartaria, um, it even ties into, you know, a lot of stuff we've talked about before. You know, our good buddy, Matt, you know, the Great Deception podcast talks all about the, the World's Fair and all the historical architecture. And this stuff is so grand and so beautiful. And we don't have anything close to that anymore. It's so, if, if you look at... There's a lot of great Twitter pages you can find where it's like, you know, modern architecture versus oh, historical yeah. architecture. And it's just it's 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 garbage just the way that they, they crank this stuff out. Yeah, it, it's it just looks it, it looks disgusting. And, um, you know, you, you show a lot of great images about a lot of the cathedrals. So can you talk a little bit about about a lot of those cathedrals and stuff that you were talking about in the series? OK, yeah. The se- So the seven churches of Revelation, you want yeah. me to get into Yeah, that? let's go there. Yep. Okay, so in the book of Revelation, the very, I think it's the first three chapters, or maybe it's the second and third chapter, uh, it's these letters that Jesus, so Jesus is standing there in front of John in a glorified form, and John's just like uh, in a trance, you know, in amazement, and Jesus is saying, write this, so then he writes a letter to each of these seven churches, and uh, I forget them all offhand, but it's like Pergamum, uh Sart- um Philadelphia, Laodicea, uh, I forget them all offhand right now, but there's seven of them. And that is actually modern day Turkey. And we still have remains of those churches. And it's a very, very interesting thing that when you look at them, they don't look like things that would have just withered away because of age. They look like they were all destroyed. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying to them. If you don't change your ways, you're going to be destroyed, except for the Church of Philadelphia. He was pleased with the Church of Philadelphia because uh, they were doing exactly as he wanted. And then when you look at it, the Church of Philadelphia is the most decimated out of all of them. It's actually only two pillars that used to be an archway that were together. Humongous pillars, by the way. I mean, these are huge. And then there's one tomb that's somewhere in the middle of the city that they, uh, current day city, it's not called Philadelphia anymore, but there's one tomb there that they don't touch because that they say that was from the church. And I mean, it it's way far away from where these pillars are. So this church must have been huge, but that one is completely decimated. You know, the one that uh, Jesus loved the most, but the one that actually Jesus says is the, the altar of Satan actually still is the most intact, which is a very strange thing. There's this like stadium-esque type of seating that you could walk down these concrete stairs or sit on them and you would look at it and he called it the altar of Satan. So those are Jesus's words. Very like like Greek looking, like the Greek kind of amphitheater where they would have, you know, performances and stuff way back in the day. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, so when we say Greek and Roman, you know, there's, it's probably something else that we just uh, we're tongue twisted with that nowadays because of what we've been indoctrinated into just language itself and, and learning anything about history. They always say it was the Greeks and the Romans as if they weren't living at the same time period. Uh, you know, it's very strange that we, the way the history strung together for us, it's like, there was oh history was only here then it was only here then it was only here and it's like no they were they were all living together at the same time right right and then you um you also talked a lot and this is really fascinating to me about about some of those cathedrals from probably you know the i don't know 1600s 1700s 1800s um you talked a lot about specifically how that architecture looked how they had these spires and how they had these different i'm i'm going to i'm going to butcher it so I'll have you kind of bail me out here but they had some kind of um, almost places for wind to, to come through for harnessing energy. Um, that was, can you talk a little bit more about that? That was pretty fascinating. Yeah. So the windows are in the shape of cymatic patterns. So if anyone's ever looked into cymatics, very, very interesting stuff. If you take a, a metal plate and you take a granular salt, sugar, sand, something uh, like this, and you are to, play uh, hook that metal plate up to uh, some kind of device where you can play frequencies through it well then it's going to form a certain pattern these granulars will form a pattern and as you change the pattern or change the frequency the pattern will change with it it's a very fascinating thing you can do it with water as well but that's not going to work out on your uh on this metal uh plate that i'm talking about but you could do it with uh, putting like a a glass of water on something and it, you can see it, it'll realign and, and there's all sorts of different things where you freeze water uh, some japanese doctor did a lot of studies on uh the structure of water uh, reforming itself based on uh the frequencies the the intention that you put into it you know the words that we use so when you look into cymatics it's very interesting now take church windows Take out all of the glass, right? We have these beautiful stained glass windows, but take them out of it. And what do you have left? You have holes in a building, right? But they're not just any holes. They're very oddly shaped. They're, they're very specifically shaped. They're actually shaped in cymatic frequency patterns that they align. And I haven't done a breakdown on this yet. I'm sure that uh, someone somewhere has, or anyone could do this themselves that there's certain frequencies would line up exactly with some of these windows. So they're typically like the ones that I'm going to be getting into in this moment are like octagonal shaped a little bit, maybe not necessarily octagonal, but just like uh, that type of uh, shape. And then within that octagonal shape, there are different metal pieces that are then making very intricate uh shapes inside of there so that the wind would blow in in a certain way and the wind is the breath of god it's yahweh so it would be coming into these churches and it would be speaking to people god would speak to people as they heard the voice of god come through these frequencies and they would then be healed in these healing centers and what do we talk about in churches? You go to there to get healed, to speak to God, to listen to God. Well, all those would happen if people would take the stained glass windows out. Well, maybe not today. Uh, 
you know, with the controlled weather patterns and all that. But at one time, that's what they were for. And what you're talking about with the spires, it was like it, an electromagnetic field that was running along these buildings that you can see it. It looks exactly like what we have with our uh, power lines. I mean, it is almost exact, some of these different things. And you look at it you, and you're just blown away by it because you're like, you start to use your imagination and you start to realize like, well, if there was a free energy period, there would have been that happening. And you know what else is a free energy thing is water. And these star forts, which are also in cymatic patterns, which are typically nearby some of these larger cathedrals. And they're in their own cymatic patterns. And so when we talk about free energy, you got water, you got wind, you got the ether that's just running about in the air that's being extracted through these copper pieces that are crosses or crescent moons or spires that are then, you know, it's all working in conjunction and God and Jesus are called the living waters. You know, there's so many different aspects to it that it's like, wow, all of this working together could really do something. Now, there's something even deeper about cathedrals. Is There's two things, actually, I want to touch on briefly. Is the dome-shaped uh, building or dome-shaped roofs, ceilings, that possibly, you know, this is just a, an idea that I've had. I haven't come across any evidence for this, but that they were harnessing steam energy inside of these domes that it was they were somehow these were like batteries these cathedrals were batteries and water was coming into it and steam would rise up into the dome and they would be able to harness it to move that yeah that's an idea that i've had you know so that's that's just a possibility but another aspect to it is the uh is the organs the pipe organs that are pushed up against the windows so if the wind is flowing through the window in a certain pattern goes into the window into the pipe organ and then music is being played and frequencies and healing and these are massive pipe organs i mean so massive and nobody knows what they're for and they just think that oh it's pretty music like a piano but no these are massive things that that are whistles they look like very large whistles that are it's just incredible the architecture that we used to have and, and, and just the word organ, right? An organ is a, a living a living part of the body. So the yeah, organ exactly. itself could have been a living part of the of the of the church body of that church uh, experience. And it's it just remind me of the windpipe, you know, that we have in us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, very interesting. And now obviously we don't. Uh, we're we're completely the churches are completely enclosed now. There's none of that wind going through. There's none of that connectivity with with nature and, and other, those types of energy, it's definitely not like that at all anymore. Um, and, and, you know, another thing that, l- yeah, let's talk a little bit more about like some, mo- some, some, uh, monsters and stuff. What, one thing you talked about, which, which really blew my mind, um, was the, the discussion about gargoyles. And I, f- I forget the exact passage. I don't know if, if you knew it offhand, but there was a, was it the passage talking about the, the locusts with the bodies of, Oh gosh, I, I, I'm I'm butchering it. But there was a creature talked about in the Bible that had, um, you know, a, a, a face of something, a body of something. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll pull up the wings. exact part. Yeah, yeah, please, please pull that up because um, you talked about this passage and you said, you know, well, 
look at these gargoyles that you saw on a lot of ancient cathedrals and a lot of domed buildings in the past. Um, Cause that's another very, it's a very mysterious creature and it has a lot of uh, features of a lot of different animals, but it does seem to meet the mold of one of these visions that John is experiencing in the, um, in the book of revelation. Okay. Yeah. So here it is. It's in uh, John 20 chapter nine. And uh, yeah, the gargoyles. Uh, so I'll get into that in a second, but very fascinating. It's one of those things where Jesus just whispered to me and connected the dot from something else to the Bible. And it just blew me away. So in uh, 29, he says, uh, I'm sorry, revelation nine, not 20 revelation nine. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke locusts came upon the earth, and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And they were not given authority to kill them, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth, and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months, and they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pit, who, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek he has the name Apollyon. One woe is past, behold, still two more woes are coming after these things. So, And there's another line later on that he talks about the scorpions as well, but... Uh, I mean, that's pretty good for what we we got going right yeah. here. Yeah. So in there, I, and I want to touch on this. This is an important thing that not even a lot of biblical scholars know. This is something that I've heard uh, doing my conspiracy research of the Bible, that when we talk about five months, right, it says they're going to be open for business five months, essentially. They're going to be loose for five months. The importance of that goes back to, Jesus said it's going to be the days like the days of Noah, right? Noah was in the ark for 150 days. Five times 30 is 150. So five months, the fallen angels watched their children be tormented and killed. So for five months, God had to watch his children who chose to be tormented because it was an even thing that was going on. God always does this with his children. He, just those humans that that happened to, they chose that. Just like the Nephilim, the children of the fallen angels, 
they chose to do what they were doing, which caused the flood to happen. So right. God was giving retribution, saying, okay, you know, you suffered watching your children die. Now I will suffer and watch my children die. And there's so many, and there's so many um, of the biblical passages, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, what have you, that that mirror each other, that parallel each mm-hmm. other. You know, as I've been reading through, you know, Genesis and now through Exodus, you see so many times, um, you know, starting with Abraham. Abraham goes into Egypt and he comes back out, and then um, Jacob, or I think it's Jacob, he goes into into Egypt, comes back out. Joseph goes into Egypt, comes back out, and then eventually. Um, Jesus, after he's born to flee Herod, they go into Egypt and come back out. So there's so many different um, parallels th- throughout the Bible, which is like like you mentioned earlier, why it's so important to to read the thing, read it in totality, because you you see how how God um, has these things happen over and over again for for us to under for us to understand and take something out of it. Yeah, it he all the time you find different things like that. Another weird thing is. Demons, when they try possessing a woman, they uh, they try impregnating her by uh, showing themselves to the woman at the climax so that the woman will then get impregnated with whatever she sees. But they're not impregnating them with their children. These demons are trying to impregnate the woman with themselves. So when Jesus was born, Yahweh impregnated himself in a woman and then was born as Yeshua. So he, God is always doing as they are doing just in a, a better way. Moses with the, the staff turning into a snake that consumed the snakes mm-hmm. that the magicians threw down that became snakes. You know, it's always God's doing the same thing, but better than stronger than things that they can't compete with. But and uh, say, well, and just real quick, just same with, yeah. you know, the, the plagues as well, right? The plagues in, yep, in ancient Egypt, you know, the same as, as you see in 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 Revelation with the with the signs and the seals and in in the bowls and the trumpets of wrath, you know it's 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 a very similar parallel thing. And you also see throughout Revelation that as God is pouring out all these judgments on the people, they still won't repent. They still won't mm-hmm. come to Him. Uh, the same as with Pharaoh, you know, every 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 plague that God poured out, it, it, his heart his heart was hardened. His heart was hardened. So you see that again. And it's kind of from a micro sense in the in the Egypt situation to this macro sense for the entire world here in Revelation. Yeah, exactly. It's it's God is so uh, so logical with what happens, and you have to really go, like you said, you have to go from front to back, from the Old Testament to the New Testament to really get the magnitude, and you're not just forgetting what you read but you're adding to it and when you're remembering you're going back like we just did you know we didn't know the exact thing so let's go back in there let's read it exactly because we want to be correct and this is how the bible's meant to be read you go back and read it it's going to speak to you differently so when you started with uh the gargoyles i i mean it was something so fascinating that i had this idea i was like okay gargoyles that you know if you know, this already happened. Well, then that part would have had to happen. Well, what would that be? Well, if everything was cast into stone immediately after, you know, they had five months and then what happened to them? They were, it doesn't say this, but I believe that they were cast into the abyss again, right? So they were cast, their bodies were physically cast into stone. And where else would you find that? Well, gargoyles. And then you look up 
how gargoyles were started and they were actually called grotesques. And it was from, uh, it said the 7th century, but, you know, I don't trust anything from as far as time goes. I don't trust any of the time stuff. But it says 7th century that there was a dragon that was beheaded or, or it was actually, it was slayed. It wasn't beheaded. It was a dragon was slain and they went to burn up this dragon and the head and the throat wouldn't burn up because it was fireproof because it was a fire breathing dragon. So they stuck it on a building and they called it a grotesque. Well, that's not what you have with gargoyles. You don't have the heads of something. You have everything except feet of these things or, or like the butt end of it. It's, it is incredible. Some of these, I mean, they look exactly as described in the book of Revelation. And all I did was, as I was using Microsoft PowerPoint, that they are like affiliated with Bing or whatever. So you can do a quick search on there right then. So that's all I did. I just typed in gargoyles and I pulled up the first like four pictures or whatever, six pictures that I saw. It wasn't like I had to do a deep dive in order to match up the photos with the words like they just popped up and it's not even i don't even use bing on a regular basis the only reason i use it is because it was attached to microsoft powerpoint made it easier so it's just when you do things like that that's synchronicity you know that's god speaking to you saying yeah these this is this and this is this and right. there you go and use it and i think a lot of people may may remember you know i only slightly remember this from you know my childhood you know they had this gargoyle i don't know if you remember this is gargoyle's uh, oh, TV I love series, that show. Right yeah. in, in the '90s, and but it's just one of those things. Like um, they try to make these things seem comical and just a little cartoonish, whatever you know, what have you, like like aliens or demons or anything like that, so that um, it, it it in a sense hides hides the truth behind it. So if you know talking to the layperson about you know this this gargoyle conversation, that's probably what they say. What are you talking about? Those that cartoon kind of thing? No, like it's. Some of these things that, you know, they're cool. The cartoon was pretty cool. But is it also just one of those psyop kind of things oh, to yeah. to hide the true intention of it? You know? Yeah. And to your point on that show, I didn't even remember this till just now that at night or I mean, yeah, when it was still dark out, they would go back to their spot. And when the sun came out, they would be hardened again. They would turn right. into stone. So, I mean, they hide the truth in plain sight, right? So, yeah, it, th that is definitely that's what they do with everything. They make it ridiculous so that people who think that you know it's just been humans around for a while and God got mad at these humans because they weren't listening and He's an angry God and you got got to have fear and all that stuff. Then they're going to be like, oh, that's just ridiculous. You know, there was no such thing as dragons dinosaurs lived yeah but 66 million years ago but that's just it's such <laughs> right yeah that that's not a stretch but but the, yeah. but to think that there's dragons you know any you know, dragons are mentioned all throughout the bible you know yeah. a lot well, a lot here in revelation and Le leviathan you know the basically yeah. the dragon of the sea that they talk about ask all the a, time in job ask a normie what the word dry or dinosaur actually means it means terrible lizard and when we have terrible lizards in the Bible. They're called uh, fallen angels. They're called seraphim. And when we end the conspiracy community, they're called lizard people, shape-shifting reptilians. I mean, it's all the same thing being talked about, just in different ways because they were different things in different dimensional senses, I guess you would say. Mm -hmm. And as they've shrunk because of the lack of oxygen and lack of sunlight, well, then they went from being terrible lizards that were huge eating us 
to now they look like us and they live in the White House. <laughs> they definitely live live in the White House. And, you know, um, so, yeah, a few a few quick notes here before we we finish off. You know, you talked about in in that Bible passage in Revelation nine, um, we talked about the um, the, the the well, Antichrist or the this beast being called Abaddon or, you know, Apollyon. And um, to 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 trigger to trigger some people, if you could if you, if you could bring up what you what you mentioned in um, I think your final episode because there's some interesting word word wordplay there and you know like you said before it's like you know we don't all have the right answers to this but but some of these words are important um, how they break down they're very very specific so uh, talk a little bit about some of the, some of the the wordplay involved with that, with that, that Abaddon in particular, that was pretty fascinating. Okay. So I'll, I'll wind up to Abaddon. So Apollyon, you know, people will think of Apollo right away. Typically, you know, you're like, Oh, the Greek was Apollo. So Apollyon, Apollo, that's very similar. Then, uh, we work into George Washington is depicted as Apollo on top of the, uh, in the ceiling of the, um, I can't think of the building right off, off the top of my head. But he's on the ceiling. He's depicted as Apollo, a god above everyone, which is uh, symbolizes that he's the god in the firmament, that the dome is the firmament, and uh, that he's sitting on the clouds. He also has statues of him. You know, he's got the two fingers up and, and doing that whole thing. Then he has a Washington monument, you know, the big phallic symbol with it's also two large circles going around it that are kind of intertwining, which is then it's, you see it's in the center of a vagina uh, and it's, you know, just all sorts of different weird stuff that they got going on sex magic stuff and well, okay. So let's look at the name Apollyon. And I like this part is very interesting that Napoleon was someone who kind of fits the description of Apollyon and if you change his name just a little bit, not even you don't even have to change how it's spelled, just how it's pronounced, it goes from Napoleon to Napoleon. And right. if you do the word magic, you break it down, the letter N, Apollyon, N-A-N, Apollyon. He's N, Apollyon. So that's right. interesting. In, in Apollyon, I think the, the original definition of Apollyon is, is destroyer. Yeah. So that goes to show what Napoleon was doing. He was just blazing the trail across europe yeah exactly yeah and the americas as well which is uh, even more fascinating with the 1812 war um and so then we get to abaddon so we talked about the presidents you know we had it was george washington was the first and then who was in office in 2020 when lightning struck the washington monument you know jesus said i saw lucifer i saw satan uh drop to the earth like a flash of lightning lightning hit this a phallic symbol in 2020 and it was a bad don was in there abaddon a bad don who was teamed up with q or quetzalcoatl the snake the two-headed beast so is donald trump you know part of this two-headed beast then you got elon musk and uh, his Neuralink. Well, if you go way back when, 
the Bible was written and they were talking about the number of the man uh, or the number of the beast would have been 666. Nero Caesar in Hebrew would be in Jewish gematria add up to the number 666. So you got Elon Musk with Nero link, you know, the number of the beast, the Nero link. You got him teaming up with Abaddon. He has Dragon X, uh, SpaceX, Dragon, uh, whatever it's called, you know, the beast giving power back to the one who was mortally wounded. You know, Trump was taken out of office. He's been mortally wounded. And now Elon Musk is going to power him back up. And it's, it's this whole thing working together, this dragon, and it's all word magic. And people may think that's all silly, but if you look into word magic, it's very real. And that's how these magicians have been operating. And yeah. I mean, this, it may all be wrong. You know, it's just uh, a, not a guess here, but this, that's just my interpretation of it. And yeah. it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would just say too, you know, listen, you know, I like, like many people, I used to be kind of on this Trump train, you know, a, a few years ago. Um, oh, I but, was but, too, yeah. but, you know, now with, with, you know, having a stronger belief in Christ, you know, not him specifically, but just I'm trying to not worship or idolize any politicians or any of these, any of these leaders, re regardless of, of what I feel my own political alignment is, because I think, you know, you can, you can go down a path where, you know, like you said, even if, even if some of this is, is, you know, not necessarily what we, what, what you're saying it, it may be, it, it's still not good to, to hold somebody to, to a godlike status. And I think a lot of yeah. Christians have, have held Trump to, I think, a godlike status, myself included, in the past. And, you know, and he's, he's someone who um, holds, very, um, holds himself in very high esteem. You know, that's one thing, you know, the, the Antichrist is someone who holds high, someone in high esteem. So and anyways, I'm just thinking to, to, just for everybody out there, just we're not I'm not saying that's, you know, what it what it is. But just be be cautious with everybody that you trust and everybody that you you idolize, whether it's, you know, athletes, politicians, singers, uh, anybody, um, because in the end, they may not be the person that you that you think they are. And, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of different word magic. You know, there's a lot of new uh, number, uh, numerology and stuff around around Trump as well. You know, there's this guy I follow on Twitter. His name is uh, Donnie Darkened. Um, and he uh, he has a lot of of numerology stuff kind of in the same vein that we're talking about. So I, I don't want to get any more of that 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 here or, you know, lose everybody, everybody listening. But um. Yeah, there's there's just there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So everybody just you know take that with take that with a grain of salt, um, and just kind of check your own your own beliefs to see what you're really putting your faith in, regardless well, of if it's him or, or or God or something yeah, else. Well, I think that when people are putting their faith into something external, it's because they don't feel worthy of the presence of God within them, the presence of Christ within them, and that is how you know who christ is it's the christ within us that is the savior of us all that it isn't one external man that's going to lead the way for everybody to show them how to do it it's going to be the christ within you your own thought processes your own mindset that's going to be renewed daily by learning new things that's what's going to save us all right absolutely. That, absolutely yeah that's all that there is it's the internal christ 
that is filling out the physical bodies that we have. Absolutely. Um, this has been this has been this has been really great. I, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll yeah, have absolutely. to we'll have to talk more again in, in the future because you know there's there's so much there's so much more more to cover on this. But you know, can I one, give can I give my one point on Darth Vader? Real that's quick? what that's what I was gonna say. You know, before okay, we end, perfect. I wanted I wanted to hear your point on on Darth Vader in the in the, in the Antichrist and this kind of stuff. Okay, so the weirdest thing happened. And I think I messaged you right after, and this was before we knew each other. This was months yeah. and months ago. I, 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 I do remember this, yeah. Yeah, so this was, and this was what I was referencing earlier in the chat when I said God gave me this powerful vision. He just made my eyes close, and I saw this very vividly, that there was uh, a man, and it was Nimrod, and he was struck down by... Uh, I'm not sure what, some kind of electric uh, lightning or, or something. It mortally wounded him, and then he was powered with the beast with black goo that was then, he was living half man, half machine, and it was Darth Vader. He came out looking like Darth Vader. And it was like all these different, remember in uh, Star Wars, there's very tall things in like the older episodes that would just like shoot lasers down and they would ride in them. Uh, I forget exactly what it was. You know, it's been a very long time, but that's what I saw was ruining. It was burning all of these cities that it was being destroyed by people riding in these things. And it was Nimrod was Darth Vader, which was the antichrist for that time. And it was so strange. And it was like the 1500s and the moon was the death star so many weird things that i saw and i messaged you and, and we never got to it but it was just like dude i i don't even know what i just saw right now but i had to hit you up about it and and like and i think like one of the things you mentioned in your video too was that um like the antichrist was you know mortally wounded right yeah. you know same with same with darth vader he was was mortally wounded and had to be encased in this 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 black more machine than man type type body um yeah. You know, and, you know, you you can almost, you know, not not the entire story of, of, of Vader, but you can almost, you know, compare him in, in, in to how it finally ends ends out to a uh, to a Christ like figure, not not through all of his, you know, violence and, and love of the empire. But if you say that, you know, he was um, basically basically destroyed and killed. And then in the end, he came back and was able to to save every to, to to save the people and save, you know, humanity in the end. So there's a lot of interesting parallels about, about that, that, that character. You can take a whole bunch of different ways. So, yeah, well, yeah, he, he was the antichrist at a point and I guess, uh, he learned and, and changed back. Right. Right. He, uh, he, he removed the mark from, from himself and, and became, became good, which is, you know, impossible in the, in the biblical sense. But anyways, um, Dude, thank you so much for for coming on. Um, where can everybody find um, your content and your videos and stuff? Okay, so uh, my videos on YouTube, Goodness Over Darkness. You can go find my podcast. Is also the video portion is on uh, YouTube, but it's also on all of my audio feeds are on every uh, audio platform there is. Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. Also, my website, emmanuelkingman.com. That's I-M-M-A-N-U-E-L, kingman.com. And in there, you can find all my social media. 
and my you can email me you know my email address is on there as well so everyone feel free to contact me however you like and you can get a, a free consultation if you are looking for some kind of assistance with spirituality with learning the bible with you had some crazy alien abduction experience and you don't know who else to talk to hit me up Just send me an email and we'll uh we'll get a zoom call set up for you awesome awesome that 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 that's great uh, that's a great service you provide there's a lot of there's definitely a lot of people that I think, you know, could, could use somebody to talk to, especially over these past few years. So many, so many crazy things have happened, you know, and in oh, yeah. so many, so many places where people needed to go for help were shut down for all these various crazy reasons, which I, I will never, I will never understand why, why places where people needed to go for help and assistance shut down because of all this medical ridiculousness going on. But, but anyways, dude, th- that's a great, great service you provide um i'll put all the links in the show notes for everybody to 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 check out all your all your content so you know um god bless you my friend thank you uh so much for for coming on talking with me um for everybody listening or watching like i said at the beginning of the show i'm doing a free book promotion on may 4th so go go check out the book on kindle um you can get it for free for um anytime throughout the day on may 4th so with that being said Um, May the force be with you and God bless.